Hi, this is Michelle. And this is Deanna. And this is Historable. So, Deanna, tell me what you know about Caligula. So, uh, nothing. I know that you've said the name a lot, and you've been really excited to talk about him. So I'm very excited excited to learn about him today. But prior to you, I had never heard this name before. Awesome, awesome. So so fresh slate with you. (laughs) (laughs) Always. So why, why Caligula? I am fascinated with Caligula because he reigned so long ago, but he is still so remembered and so referenced um, in pop culture today. Like every TV show that I love will say his name at least once in the like seasons run (laughs) or the shows run. I think Bones like name dropped him like three times, a couple Hmm. other shows like once you hear this name and you learn about this guy, like you're going to hear his name everywhere. And I just think that's so crazy that he's so remembered after all this time right how many other how many other people do you know from like the 20s ad zero exactly (laughs) i was like wait the the 1920s no i know nobody oh no many many years (laughs) a long time ago well i'm super excited yeah tell me all about caligula all right let's get into it so Caligula, I think, is most famous for his legacy of being a cruel and chaotic leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, our story starts in 12 AD when Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus Germanicus was born. Whoa, that's a mouthful. Yeah, aka Caligula. The Claudio, uh, the Julio Claudio dynasty, which included Julius Caesar, um, is how he received his middle names of Julius Caesar. I think he's actually like the great grandnephew of Julius Caesar himself. Okay. Um, there was a lot of mentions of people being adopted, and I think it was just an interesting time. So it was very, very difficult to follow the family trees if you will so so there wasn't a family tree from 12 ad just laying around on Absolutely the internet ancestry.com was not available for this i mean yeah 23 and me would have been really helpful but what are you gonna do what are you gonna do um his mother was agrippina the elder which let's talk about that for a second i love when names are like whatever the elder whatever the wise mm-hmm. the young the whatever like I really, really love that, and I really want to bring it back. Do you feel like she got to pick her adjective, or do you think it just gets assigned to you? Like, how does that whole process work? I don't know, because her daughter ends up being Agrippina the young, the younger. Oh. And so it's like, did you take that on once your daughter was born? Or I, she obviously wasn't born with that, but like some people like the wise, it's like, do you just give that to an infant? Right, like the elder, the younger makes sense because it's kind of like senior, the third, junior. Sure. But the wise, I mean, you're just... What a name. You've got quite the energy. <laughs> you're like, yep, 
I am Deanna the Wise. Deal with it. Move on. Absolutely. I'm here for it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So Agrippina the Elder was the granddaughter of Augustus, who was the first Roman emperor in power at the time of Caligula's birth. Okay. So Germanicus was his father, and he was like a prominent military hero. And they were stationed or sent on like a campaign into Germania, which is present day a lot of countries. And I was like, <laughs> Germany? <laughs> Germany. I'm sure like I'm wrong. Austria. Like that whole area over there was pretty the much Europe. Germania. Yep. And um, they brought along uh, a two or three year old Caligula. Um, most times military men did not bring their wives along, but Agrippina by all accounts was a total bad B and was like, yeah, no, I'm coming too. So she's like, and I'm bringing my child and I'm bringing our child. Yeah. And we're going to war and or whatever war. we're doing. No big deal. Okay. Totally. You go Agrippina. Yeah. Um, so they fashioned Caligula like a little mini, like soldier uniform so he could like blend in. Oh, <laughs> hashtag mood. <laughs> So cute. love it. He had a little OOTD. <laughs> a little OOTD. Stop. Yeah. I love small things. Anything small miniature clothing. is adorable. For including sure. miniature shoes. Avi. Which is where he gets his name. What? So Cali Guy is the name for Roman boots, which the internet is very opinionated on this. What we would in modern times call like a Roman sandal mm-hmm. is actually a boot. Oh. And never say on otherwise. Okie doke. Noted. The internet will come for you. Um, so these are called Cali Guy. And you know how like when you say like something's like a little something, like a little booty. So the the term for little booty is Caligula. Aww. So his name was literally Little Booty. He's just running around with his little booties. His little booties. That's cute. So adorable. Just but running then he around. turns out to be like a psychopath so like that's cool too they all start off cute i know so around this time augustus the first emperor he dies and tiberius takes over and tiberius is like caligula's again a confusing family trees but it seems like he's his great uncle okay and so tiberius was very suspicious of germanicus and tiberius is caligula's father is his great uncle great uncle got it okay yeah so many names i know and so he's his great uncle right so then tiberius was suspicious of germanicus because technically he could have been like in line for the throne being that when he married agrippina he then became i think like the grandson of augustus and therefore his line and his children could um be eligible for the throne and so Tiberius was like very, very wary of him. Okay. Um, and so on a on a military campaign, Germanicus was poisoned in Syria, and this was about yeah, Caligula was about three. Oh, so Caligula's father was poisoned. Yes. Got it. And his wife was Agrippina the Elder. Right. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. And so there are a lot of rumors about how germanicus was poisoned it's not even actually confirmed that he was but like most people are like yeah he absolutely was and the most prevalent theory is that tiberius had ordered one of his agents to poison germanicus to kind of get him out of the way family drama super family drama not cool at all okay so tiberius little sketch potentially we don't know for sure potentially no very very sketch (laughs) 
So after death, um, Tiberius refused to let Caligula's mom, Agrippina, remarry because pretty much anyone else that she married could, again, be a potential successor to the throne, which would make his throne under threat because someone could just like murder Tiberius. That's like what they did back then. They just murdered people to take the throne until someone murdered you. As one does. Yeah. I'm surprised Agrippina put up with this. Uh, She kind of didn't. So she definitely, (laughs) she came back to Rome and publicly like announced like you had my, my husband murdered. Oh, and in true fashion, he had Agrippina and Caligula's older brother imprisoned slash exiled i think one was then this is kind of fuzzy here too different sources say exiled different sources say imprisoned either way they were no longer in rome and they were no longer welcome and that was around 29 a.d um they would all eventually die of quote unquote suicide um Mm. there's a lot of various reports here too some saying that they were offered the chance of suicide um as just kind of like a sign of respect i guess like take your by your own hand instead of by an assassin. I don't really know, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So Tiberius continued to rule, but was really an absentee father to Rome. Um, He really wanted the government to function without him, uh, because at some point he decided to just peace out of Rome and reside on the island of Capri. He was like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this. The government can handle itself. Like, I'm going to (laughs) go. Well, after all that drama to, like, have his throne and then to just be like... Bye, I'm going on vacay. Bye, I'm over this. Yeah. And I think, right, it's like he ruled for a few years and was pretty much like, anyone who's a threat to me, I'm going to murder you. And then, now I'm just <laughs> going to go vacation on this island. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> all right. So while all this is going on, Tiberius is going to Capri and everyone's like exiled or being murdered or whatever. Caligula was just growing up in Rome. Just living his life. Living his life. Um, After his mom was imprisoned in 29 AD, he was sent to go live with his great-grandmother, which is also Tiberius's mama. So Tiberius was like, okay, I'm not going to, like, exile you or anything because you're at my mama's house, so you're safe. For now. Well, okay. Go Caligula. Yeah. But then she died. Oh. (laughs) So he moved in with his grandmother. Um and pretty much he was guarded by soldiers the whole time and was really just a prisoner of Tiberius. Oh, poor little boots. I know. Um, in an odd move in about 31 AD, so for about two years, two years later, Caligula was then remanded to the island of Capri. And Tiberius was like, yeah, you're going to come live with me. What? Uh, and everyone was kind of confused by this. No one really knows why. I'm assuming it's like a keep your enemies close type of thing. But who knows? And so this was Caligula was 19 at this time. And now he's just like hanging out on the island of Capri. Like with the man who pretty much messed up his whole family. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. okay. Yeah. So during Caligula's time there, it's said that he was very careful not to show resentment or anything towards Tiberius. And some even called him a very natural actor. Hmm. Um, he acted like a good little slave boy, just hanging out on the island with him, like getting him Mai Tais, whatever. Um, until around 33 AD, when he found out that his brother and mother had died in suspicious manners, which like I said before, some say that it was suicide, some say a lot of different things that Agrippina like starved herself 
some say they starved her so a little murky there but got it and clay goes like i don't know what happened but this just seems a little suspect but either way you exiled slash imprisoned both of them so it's still your fault right so uh, later on caligula would tell a story about this time in his life when he actually entered Tiberius's bedroom at night with a dagger to like get revenge for his family. And instead he dropped the dagger and left. Oh, cool, and bro. I know. He would like tell people the story and I think it was more of like a look what I, I mean, I could have done it. Like I could have killed him, but I didn't. But I didn't. But I didn't. But what, really So we just left the the knife on the floor and like to be like I mean, Tiberius wasn't like whoa bro there's like a knife on my floor right or to say like hey now you're gonna wake up to a dagger on your floor like you could what could have been who knows <laughs> i mean okay i mean interesting interesting family dynamics definitely so a little bit after he had gotten the news about his family he also got married to a woman named hunia claude claudilla i know i'm pronouncing that wrong but like just go with me okay <laughs> Uh, I'm with you. I'm that, here. That was a very brief union, though, as she sadly died a year later during childbirth, and the child did not survive either. So, man, Caligula's having a rough twenties. Totally, he's on this island, pretty much also a prisoner, and then now he gets married, and then also they both die. So, and his family and everything. So, yeah, he's definitely having a hard time with it. Does he have any like friends or a squad he hangs out with, or is he just kind of? being all emo on the by himself yes so he eventually developed a friendship with one of the high officers of tiberius uh he was a high officer in the praetorian guard and his name was navius sutorius macro so we'll just call him macro because that's a mouthful yep (laughs) uh macro would go and tell tiberius like hey this little booty guy he's pretty cool like you shouldn't murder him like i don't think it's a good idea and tiberius was like okay i'll listen to you that sounds cool um i'm gonna give him a title too and he ended up giving him the title that tiberius himself had held while augustus was still the emperor interesting so again kind of like where was your mind here i don't really know um but yeah he was kind of elevating caligula at this point to be his heir all because macro was like this bro's cool and tiberius who seems like a very paranoid untrusting person was like okay macro let me just trust this kid whose family i imprisoned and killed yeah right yeah and now i'm just gonna like give him a title okay pretty much make him my heir in all but name yet Hmm. so eventually tiberius was aging he was kind of getting up there and he was like i'm going to make caligula my heir but also my grandson Jamelis. I'm going to make them both my joint heirs to the throne. I feel like that is never a good compromise or idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because (laughs) that's just setting someone else, setting someone up to be assassinated because no two people can be emperor. You, you need only one. And so you're pretty much just saying fight to the death youngins. I don't know. (laughs) Like, Um, But either way, they kind of lived with that knowledge for a time until 37 AD when Tiberius was 78 years old at this point and on his deathbed. 78 is solid. Yes. Back then. Absolutely. He was just living it up in Capri. Um, So he eventually died in his sleep. And rumor has it that Caligula had macro 
smother Tiberius to speed up his death. Um, some say that Caligula just did it himself. But as they say, emperors never do their own dirty work. So likely he had his little bestie Macro do it for him. And Macro was just kind of like a, I don't know, a social climber, a political climber. I mean, sounds like he just kind of told people what they wanted to hear and just was a little shady. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, immediately after his death, Macro contested the t- Tiberius's will and lined up Caligula as the next in line, um, shifting poor little Jamelis as Caligula's heir. Got it. So we went from we're both co-heirs to Macro being like, no, I can test this. And they're like, okay, cool. Caligula's here. Now we've got a heir junior, I guess, Jamelis. Yeah. So, so right. But it's also kind of creating the same scenario. But instead of having to like fight each other to who's going to be the emperor, now Jamelis is just down here being like, cool, I just got like push down a rank and now I can just kill you and still become emperor. Like it's they're they're in, they're in the same situation essentially. And so it was just kind of weird, but what else are you going to do in that situation? You know, messy, 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 messy. Um, so in 37 AD at 24 years old, Caligula makes his way back to Rome and becomes emperor. Um, history shows here that his first few months were glorious. Oh, really? Yeah. So the people rejoiced. He had, uh, he gave bonuses to like the military personnel. He hosted a bunch of feasts. Um, he pardoned a bunch of exiled people. He removed these treason trials that were like a big point of contention for people at the time and created like massive political reform. So wow. those first few months were very, very busy and were very well recepted. He came in like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm excited. I'm here. Yep. Okay. Go the Caligula. People, yeah. And the people were happy. I mean, again, Tiberius was like an absentee father. He was never there and he kind of just left them alone. So now you have this guy who's coming in and actually doing the work. So, um, and also his father, Germanicus was very loved by the people as a military leader. So mm-hmm. everyone kind of saw him coming in as being like a savior. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but then uh, it turns out. Oh, so about seven months in, he got very ill. Oh, no, what happened? And so some people say it was a mental breakdown and others say it was maybe a poisoning. But regardless of what actually happened, all historians say that he never woke up quite the same. Oh, after he had gotten out of bed, he was mad and ruthless. He reinstated those very trees and trials that he had just taken away. He started murdering or exiling everyone he perceived as a threat, which was pretty much everyone just like Tiberius. I was going to say this has very like Tiberius vibes. <laughs> I mean, it's like literally every Roman emperor. I feel like did any ruler right his history just repeats itself i repeats guess itself over and over he murdered family too including um jamelis his little heir bro <laughs> just in case oh okay clean um, house also while he was laying in bed ill apparently macro had uh who again helped him like come to power mm-hmm had made some maneuvers to kind of keep his career intact if Caligula were to die. Because a lot of the doctors were saying that he was going to die. And so I think he made some moves to kind of align himself back with Jamelis. And so when he woke up, he had uh, Macro. Again, he forced him to commit suicide. Or some people say he forced Jamelis to commit suicide and just straight up murdered Macro. Again, it gets really fuzzy there. 
Got it. So Kaliga is just on a murder spree. On a after murder spree. he aw- awakes from this illness, <laughs> awakes from literally the dead. <laughs> okay. So in an odd flex, he left his uncle Claudius alive, and history kind of gets fuzzy here too. A lot of people think he did it like out of amusement, being like, "Hi, you'll never be emperor, and like all your family's dead." Ha ha. I don't even know. But he left his uncle Claudius alive, and it was everyone kind of just thought that was a little strange. Uh, yeah, that's. That's not nice. That's not nice at all. (laughs) Poor Uncle Claudius. Uncle Claudius. (laughs) During his reign, he led quite the debaucherous lifestyle. Oh. Part of which was his insane spending habits. Um, He did spend a considerable considerable amount on the empire by pumping it, like, back into the lower class yeah um he built harbors and aqueducts theaters all those nice things but he also really loved the finer things in life oh so he was having some treat yourself yeah moments like okay. extra guac on his burrito and like wi-fi and a 45 minute flight kind of oh you got know, it really the luxurious things in life mm-hmm. um but mainly he was spending a lot of money upgrading his the palaces and that you know like marble jewels all that kind of wardrobes really just dropping 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 coin yeah i'm like what were the coins just coins i guess sure okay (laughs) so Um, he's just he's just doing major upgrade of life yeah at one uh he held a lot of feasts in honor of pretty much anything that he could Mm -hmm. and at one feast the table was adorned with golden loaves of bread which i was like that doesn't even make sense like why you're wasting the bread (laughs) because you can't eat it was it like or they just like shaped yeah i don't know They, they just like took loaves and dipped them in gold but why why would anyone because you can i guess because you can okay he uh also enjoyed like bathing in gold coins or like walking over them with his bare feet (laughs) he was like i just want to feel you on my body gold like (laughs) everywhere he's so extra (laughs) totally he got that a lot from the egyptians okay the egyptians at the time were like the best of the best when it came to like shows of grandeur Mm mm-hmm he mimicked, um, at one point, a drink that was favored by Cleopatra, which was made by dissolving a pearl in vinegar and then drinking it. Which, like, one, who wants to drink vinegar? Nobody. Ew. Two, it's like, that just, like, doesn't sound healthy for you, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Ew. Okay. It just, it's, yeah, it doesn't, it was just a show of. I can do it. I can do it, so I'm going to. Interesting. Um, he was in love with his horse and his, I mean, not in love, love that we know of actually, because he had quite the sexual appetite. So who actually knows? But, um, his horse's name was Incitatus, which means the swift. Ooh, so epic. Jazzy. So epic. <laughs> um, one of the, and so this kind of goes back to his spending too. Like one of the most like prominent shows of his spending was he commissioned like this like marble stall and like manger made of ivory for this horse so it was like a lot of money just on his horse fancy fancy um he's also famously quoted at one day like while having an argument with the senate he like announced his intentions to install the horse as a member of the senate and this is kind of like one of those 
lines that people use to like prove how insane he was like he wanted to put his horse as a member of senate but really he was probably being like my horse can do a better job than you type thing you know? right and then through the history books it's just kind of gotten telephoned into that interpretation <laughs> <laughs> i don't know though i mean thus far he sounds like he's a little little cry cry so oh, maybe he did want his horse to join little, who actually knows yeah but we'll either know. way instead of this you are a real bro you really stood by his side So besides being the best horse dad he could be, he also spent a great deal of time uh, enjoying the ladies Ooh. and also the men. Oh, okay. And also some say his sisters. Oh, no. Yeah. That's another thing he admired from the Egyptians was their attempts at keeping the bloodline strong. And uh, general, in general, they would practice incest to do so. And so some say that he had relations with all three of his younger sisters, even going as far as to say that he did so openly at parties, like what? with his like wife present. Ugh. Yeah. So Ugh. those, I mean, we actually will never know, right? This was so long ago. No one can actually say any of these things happen for, for fact. And it's <laughs> but so frustrating. <laughs> but also like, that's pretty intense to where like, I feel like that probably did happen. Right. You know, I don't know if you'd make that up but how bold of you to to write that right um he was also known though to sleep with the wives of his officers or other notable men and then would also talk about it very publicly to kind of be like i slept with your wife right mr steal your girl absolutely um in uh so actually coming back to a more recent time in 1930 they discovered the remains of these two large pleasure barges what? at the bottom of Lake Nemi. Um, and these are some of the largest known ancient world's, like, structures. Yeah, yeah. Like, nothing of this size, like, had ever been created. And they found it, like, completely intact with, like, marble decor, mosaic tiles, the works. Um, and pretty much these pleasure barges, I think they kind of go self-explanatory. They were just, like barges for various pleasures fun boats fun boats um oddly enough it was uh mussolini who commissioned the lake to be drained and the barges discovered i think everyone had known that they had been drained or that they had been sunk and left there and so the towns and the generations kind of went on knowing that it was down there but no one ever like drained the lake until Mussolini, of all people. Hmm. Um, sadly, in World War II, thanks to Mussolini, uh, a lot of people or a lot of what was discovered was actually ruined due uh -huh. to like an airstrike. But we still have a couple pieces left over. I think the coolest piece that they have left over is like it's this lead pipe that's actually inscribed with property of Gaius Caesar Augustus, which was, if you remember, his actual official name. Right. So I think that's pretty cool that all these hundreds of years later we still have like this little piece of him oh very cool yeah um so anyway the barges were said to be a place for him to conduct his various vices and all that fun stuff because he loved to dress up in wigs and women's clothing and oh. jewels he was very very fluid in that way um, but really, he just people commented that he liked to dress and act in all these different sorts of ways to make him seem anything but normal or ordinary and anything that would make him appear as a god because he thought of himself as a god. 
interesting but i okay i don't yeah. know how the women's clothing really follows falls into that but yeah i'm like I, I if you're trying to say that women are gods then cool i'm right there with you 100 percent. i yeah. mean you go caligula yeah but maybe he was just ahead of his time well uh, that's what i was also saying too he's very very fluid like there's a lot of uh, talk about his like sexual appetite and it, him going all over the place and mm-hmm. there was constantly you know like pleasure barges you know like and all these things where he could kind of do whatever he wanted without judgment, right? He could explore himself. Yeah. Um, at one point, he even changed his name to Jupiter, who was the king of all gods Ooh. in Roman mythology. Um, it said that he would have conversations with the Roman gods, like they were like best friends. Like, I don't even know, like talk like an imaginary friend, I'm imagining. Like being like, hey, you want to go like to the Roman baths later? Like, cool, I'll meet you there. Like imaginary friend, like I don't even know. <laughs> Some historians even say that he would talk to the moon at night. Even some would say that he tried to seduce the moon. What? I don't know what that means, but also by all accounts, she wasn't DTF. So she just like stayed up there doing space shit and like nothing ever came of it. She was like, thanks, but no thanks, Caligula. Thanks. Wipe left. Not into this. Not into this. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Um... But he just had this, like, God presence, and he just kind of did whatever he wanted to do. And he's famously quoted as saying, I have the right to do anything to anybody. Which I think is, it's, yeah, creep vibes for sure. Yeah. Um, But I think that's, like, something that, like, a lot of tyrannical leaders, that's kind of, like, their motto, right? Right. They've got all this power. They they truly believe they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, So, actually, at one event... They were sacrificing an animal for the gods, and he went to go lift the mallet above his head, and at the last second, he actually shifted his aim and just hit the priest (gasps) nearby and killed him instantly, because he was like, I have the right to do this to anybody. Like, I don't care. I'm going to do this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, super graphic. And then another time at, like, a gladiatorial event, he was bored. And so he told his man, like, hey, there's that entire section of, uh, like, the crowd, like, over there. Like, put them all in the pit. Okay. And just, like, ushered an entire section of crowd members into the gladiator pit. I mean, I, who just gets bored at a gladiatorial event? I mean, that just sounds... Caligula. Super exciting. These are the types of things that, like... This is why he's known this like for this many years later. Understandable. I'm really starting to uh, understand his staying power now Absolutely. that I'm learning more. Absolutely. <laughs> so besides murdering a bunch of people for no reason or feeding his sexual appetite, he did manage to squeeze in three marriages. What? Yeah. So wow. That first, first wife. Sorry. Like we forgot about you already. Um, the first wife was named Livia Orestia. Ooh. Um, I said that with, like, way Spanish accent. I definitely <laughs> don't think it's pronounced that way, but we'll go with it. It sounds good. And they got married the same year that he became emperor in 37 AD. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So she's so, a gold digger. <laughs> so, uh, actually, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> so apparently, back then, it was, like, a thing for men to steal other men's wives. And this was something that Augustus, the first emperor, had done. He had stolen his wife from another man. And I think it's like a show of strength or something. I was going to say, how does this work? Do they physically go steal them? Are they like, do they woo them? 
or all of the above? A little bit more towards stealing them. Okay. Um, and I think this is also a contributing factor to why the lineage trees are very confusing. Understandable. So uh, Livia had gotten married to a dude named Pizzo. And the next day, Caligula's like, hey, guys, I have a wife. Her name's Livia. And <laughs> pretty much was just like, okay, cool. You guys got married yesterday. and But now she's my wife. What? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's an interesting wedding present. Oh, yeah. You guys are like, married. JK, you're my wife now. Just uh, kidding. I think he was just like jealous. Like, I don't actually know. Uh, but she was like, nah. I love my husband. And Caligula was like, oh, fine, you're boring. Like, I'm banishing you both then. And he banished them both (laughs) and divorced her the next day. (laughs) So, like, they went off into the sunset, banished from Rome together, and then he was like, cool, I'm going to divorce court. Bye. Interesting. Yeah. And it's very messy. Yeah, very messy. But he did marry a year later in uh, 38 AD. How does he have all this time to do all of this? I mean, between murdering and stuff, maybe you just squeeze it in, right? I guess. I'm sure he was getting, like, pressure or whatever. You need to create a bloodline and heirs and blah, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so in 38 AD, he got married for a third time to a woman named Lalia Paulina. And she, too, was already married. <laughs> but... Apparently, her grandmother was, like, a true beauty when she was younger. And Mm -hmm. Caligula had heard of her grandmother's beauty and was like, cool, I want your granddaughter. And so (laughs) she forced her to divorce her previous hubby and then marry him. So, like, at least that happened first it didn't sound like that happened with livia his first his second wife (laughs) oh geez um and they were together for about six months and then he was like yeah you're boring we're getting a divorce what after all that trouble he went through to steal to get her divorce and steal her and then he's like miss six months later he grew tired he grew tired of her yeah the honeymoon phase you're supposed to really like each other the first six months not when you're caligula apparently fair enough so kind of a little of and I'll talk about this a little bit later, too. But Lalia, uh, she was forbidden to remarry or anything like that. She, Caligula was like, cool, you were mine. You're no longer. But, like, that doesn't mean you can go, like, be with anyone else. Oh, my God. I, he's so doing, like, what Tiberius did. Like, to his mom. He was like, you can't remarry. Yeah. Because it's like, oh. But they didn't have any kids together. So it's not like it would have been, like, a rival to him. Like, he was just that but her about her being with someone else because he's a god remember uh yes i forgot sorry he's he's a god might be in his in his mind Mm -hmm. um so after their divorce she was actually briefly considered as the option for the fourth wife of uncle claude uncle claudius uncle c Uncle C. but in an odd twist of events she was actually bid out or like pushed out of like the ring by Caligula's younger sister, Agrippina the Younger. Okay. Yeah. Agrippina. There were some serious cat fights here. So Agrippina actually accused Lalia of being a witch. <laughs> and oh, then she was sorry, like, what? she's a witch. She's not suitable for my uncle, but I am. So like, bye oh. Lalia. And so then Lalia was now exiled as well. And Agrippina the Younger married Uncle Claude. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But wait, he got married a fourth and final time. 
Caligula did? Caligula, yes. Got it. To Melonia Cassonia. And they married... <laughs> These names. I love Melonia Cassonia. <laughs> I love Melonia, too. Um, and they married in 39 AD. Um, this was considered an odd choice for him because unlike his other wives, she was not young or beautiful. Uh, she was older and had three daughters from a previous marriage. Oh, so she came with potentially some baggage. Some baggage, for sure. But again, people were just, like, adopting people left and right everywhere and just, like, stealing wives. So, like, it's super messy. Well, and Caligula has a decent amount of baggage, too. Absolutely. Apparently, their affair had begun well before they got married. I think when she was still with her previous husband. Ooh, saucy. Saucy. Because she was eight months pregnant when they said, I do if. Oh, shotgun wedding. Yeah. And so a month later, she gave birth to Caligula's first and only child, Julia. Julia. What a cute little name. But apparently she wasn't that cute of a little kid. Um, People say that she was possessed and that she would like ravenously like attack adults. What? Yeah. As just a little tot, little bouncing toddler. She would just attack people. It's a little attack tot. Little attack tot. <laughs> Protection tot. That's terrifying. It's <laughs> absolutely terrifying. Um, sadly, her life was short, uh, but we will get to that later. Besides, like, dealing with attack tot drama, um, he was just kind of reigning like a crazy man. And we're a few years into his reign at this point, and he's spending like crazy, murdering and wifing up every other day. It's only a few years in. Just a few years in, wow. yes. But eventually, he pretty much married someone every year. The year he was made emperor, the next year, and then the next year. So we're like, yeah, three years in by this point. <laughs> um, but eventually, his account started to run very dry, and he realizes, oh, I'm broke. Oopsies. Dollar menu for me. Um, one way his predecessors had made money for the realm, I guess, was conquest and war. So he set his sights on conquering England. Oh, okay. We're, we're just setting the bar real high. Which, and I won't go t- into much of like a segue, like at that point, like, like I said, it's 3940 AD. I'm like... There was really nothing there except for I'm like, I don't actually know off the top of my head. I'll have to like fact check myself later if like the Anglos and Saxons had already arrived on that island or not. Gotcha. (laughs) So I don't really know what his appeal was to that part. Or maybe they were already there and that was his appeal. He's like, I want that. Either way, he's like that island up there. I want it. So he gathered up an army and he marched them to the channel. Only to then say, like, hey, cool, we're at the channel, so take off your helmets and start collecting seashells for me. What? Yeah. Why? (laughs) This is also very highly uh, debated with historians. A lot of modern historians have debunked this, thinking, again, it's like some salacious story to be like, he was crazy, he made them do this. Um, Some theorize that that whole mission could have just been a training mission. (laughs) Um and was just marching them in in the event that he ever wanted to do that and some practice round practice round and some saying that the seashells were actually euphemisms for a lady's virtue and that an official documentation that's what's written but maybe there was something else going on um other people say that no he was just that actually crazy where he would do something like that so not any of those above options would not surprise me in the least no not at all um 
But with his empire penniless and these like deep rifts that he's created for himself with the Senate and like other notable figures in the government, he figured, you know what? It's time to get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, so in 40 AD, he was pretty much like, all right, I made a big mess here. I'm broke. Everyone hates me. I'm <laughs> running out of people to like steal wives from. So like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> so he announced that he was leaving for Alexandria, Egypt. Pretty much he was like, it's been real, but like there's nothing left for me here. And like they appreciate gods in Egypt. And so I'm going to go live out my true life as my authentic God self in Egypt. Can you water the plants while I'm gone? Okay, thanks, bye. Um, but really everyone had had enough and they were like, okay, no, we have to get rid of this guy. Like, let's take him down. It's We're ready. Like, the eagle lands at dawn. Let's Ooh. roll. Oh, yeah. So on the morning of January 24th in 41 AD, on his way to go visit a theater troupe that was like practicing or something, he was assassinated by three men on Palatine Hill. Oh, Three men to take him down. Three men. So okay. apparently he got stabbed to death. Um, Ouch. Ouchies for sure. To really make sure that they were cleaning house like on his bloodline. Because again, like the Romans back then, they're like, we don't just kill one person. We kill everyone. Like everyone's got to go. Otherwise, it's not good enough. Um, and so they immediately found his fourth wife and murdered her. And his daughter as well. The attack tot? The attack tot. She couldn't She couldn't live. Back. She Aww. couldn't attack back. She was only like three. Um, his wife apparently, in like a last little show of braveness, offered her own neck to her assassin and asked him to do it without hesitation. Just oh. pretty much being like, hi, I know what you're here for. Like, get it done. Let's and just do not it quit. Out. Yeah, absolutely. The daughter, however, was taken out far more gruesomely. Aww. Apparently, they killed her by bashing <gasps> her head repeatedly against the wall. She was a baby. She was Even an attack she- tot, apparently. But still. <laughs> Still. But still, she was a little baby, and that is absolutely terrible. I don't know who's like this little child. Like she like bites people's ankles sometimes, but like I'm gonna just bang her head. Against I mean, maybe the wall. she was just going through like you know the terrible twos, terrible and twos. they just lasted a really extra year. She had more teeth coming in. I don't know. Oh, ugh. Anyway, okay. Yeah. But so after only four short years as emperor and only 28 years on Earth, little booty was no more. What? The end close the chapter on little booty he gone bye bye in an odd twist of fate the uncle he had previously spared uncle claudius is the one who ended up succeeding him to the throne as the fourth emperor of rome go uncle c totally and if you remember his Caligula's younger sister, Agrippina the Younger, married Uncle Claudia. So now she's also Empress. So, wow. Keeping it in the family for sure. Um, I think, like I said at the top of the episode, the craziest thing to me is how long his legacy has lasted and all the stories that are still talked about today and how heavily referenced. I'm not kidding. Like, you will start to watch movies and watch shows and you'll hear 
this name reference a couple times. Actually, I think I've sent you a couple Snapchats where I've been watching a TV show and I'm like, see? Yeah. They're talking about Caligula. I'm like, I told you so. I'm like, I never noticed. Never and heard the name before. And it's always in reference to being like, oh, this person's being like rude and irrational. And it's like, oh, blah, blah. They're being Caligula. Classic not- Caligula. Classic Caligs. Like, maybe not that obvious, but you know what I mean. Um, the biggest resource that we have today on Caligula is from a book called The Lives of the Twelve Caesars, which was written by a Roman historian named Suetonius, which like, what a name, right? Um, these are all just gold star names. Um, however, the weird thing is that Suetonius was born like 20 years after Caligula was assassinated. Oh, so he's just kind of like picking up stories yes and the lives of the 12 caesars was published 60 years after that so really it's like did you spend your whole life learning about this like julio claudian dynasty and the 12 of them that were all rulers you know like and picking up stories because a lot of what he says in this book is considered as like over sensationalized accounts of his life um but he was still close enough in proximity to his era where he could have gotten actual accounts of what happened. Right. The telephone tree wouldn't have gone that far. Right. So, but we'll never really know, will we? But it's still fun to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you learned some cool new stuff about the Real Housewives and Emperors of Rome. We're going to make that a new show. Caligula is going to be the star. <laughs> I w- lo- would love to hear his Real Housewives intro. Tagline? Yeah. It's got to be something about him being a god and Jupiter. Right. Or maybe something about his horse. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Send us send us some uh, send us suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. <laughs> I'd love to hear everyone's suggestions for this. <laughs> do a little contest. Yeah. So... All the resources that I used in this episode are available on our website, historicalpodcast.com. Ooh, make mm-hmm. sure you guys leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at historicalpodcast and Facebook by going to facebook.com slash podcast. And as always, if you'd like to help support us, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. Thanks, guys. See you Thank next week. Thank you. Bye. I just want to go look at little baby shoes now at Target. You go, girl. Let's do it. Do it. <laughs>